claimed that it was shit in his day. Some films are shit and shit they will stay, but some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage. So which film stays shit forever? Which one got a little bit better? Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and has lived in LA for almost 10 years. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who has been in two different car crashes. Uh oh. And today we are giving a second chance to the best picture winner, Crash. Uh-oh. Well, it's Oscar season, and we decided to choose a, an Oscar winner. I think Crash is always the one that pops up in the debate of, like, should have not won, should have won, Brokeback should have won. Like, So what we decided to do was put that to the test. So today we're reviewing Crash, and then next week we're covering Brokeback. Sort of like a Oscar nominee battle. But I'm curious to see which one I enjoy more 20 years later yeah which one holds up better which one should have the oscar legacy in the zeitgeist sure all right so right off the bat spoiler alert we're gonna be talking about crash maybe broke back i don't know um probably next episode but definitely we're gonna be ruining crash for everyone by talking all sorts of details about it um for those of you who have never seen Crash, and those of you who forgot about Crash, let me read its synopsis. Los Angeles citizens with vastly separate lives collide in interweaving stories of race, loss, and redemption. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what happens, yeah. That's a very basic uh, synopsis of it, but I don't really know how to explain it better. Just a lot of citizens of los angeles keep uh like intertwining stories together it's a lot of like vignettes that are like pieced together to make a big overarching theme of racism is bad i would agree with your take on vignettes because it it doesn't for me watching it now doesn't feel like all these characters are actually that interwoven as much like the ensemble doesn't all connect at times so i think vignettes of of racism in cars is how i would describe this movie well not everyone is in a car there's a lot of car stuff <laughs> i guess there, yeah there's a lot of people with cars i took notes on um all the times how many something, cars something happens in a car and we'll you know what there. i feel it's like every story every story at least does involve a car i really want to know how this movie was pitched like hey racism is bad and we all drive cars or have been in a car. Boom. Oscar. Do you remember your first time with this movie? I How sure did you feel do. in 2004? Did you okay. see it in 2004? So this is really weird. Um, okay. As, you know, a lot of the movies I saw as a young kid are. Um, yeah. So as I've mentioned before on this podcast, I went to Catholic school as a kid. Um, and just for context, how does how does this relate to you watching this movie? We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Just for context, it was a very white, like ma- majority white, all white teachers, mostly white students, and I don't know why. I have no idea why. But for some reason, the year that Crash came out, they showed it to us in school. Yeah, you, you would have been like, you would have been like middle school. Yeah, I don't know why your school thought this is the movie they need to see. I don't know why either. I guess it was sort of like a, hey, let's teach all these white kids that racism's bad. But instead of like showing like Remember the Titans, which would have been a way more appropriate movie for that age, they more uplifting us, too. More uplifting too. Um. They showed us Crash, which is so bizarre. Like, but yeah, we did. 
they did. And I do remember, again, I was really young and wasn't like a critical thinker yet, thinking like, wow, this movie is powerful. <laughs> and like, wow, yeah, oh, racism is bad. Like, it really was like, like majority of the people that first saw it back then, it was like, wow, this is a lesson. And I haven't seen um, it since. That was the that was one time. I don't know what triggered me to watch it. It might have been like the cast. I was like, ooh, I like I like a lot of people that are in this. Um, I went and saw it in theaters before it blew up. Okay. Um, I saw it and I thought when I saw it, I was like, wow, this was just a wild time in a movie. Uh, I like the drama in it. I like. I'm a huge fan of like large cast of intertwining stories like the vignettes i think that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me how a movie can like weave together characters in and out um i like movies like that a lot uh so like this was right up my alley um yeah i liked it i liked it when it came out i mean many of us did I was rooting for it at on the Oscars. I was like, yeah, I like that movie. I saw it. Yay. I I think I was too, even though I was young and shouldn't have seen it. I think I was like, yeah, this is the best movie of the year. And now, as an adult woman, my opinion might have changed a bit. I guess 2006 Oscars, the best picture nominees, just so we're all on the same page. We had Crash that won. Brokeback, which is it's like number two that everyone's like, it should have won. Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Okay. Do you remember do you remember <laughs> any of these? Do any um, of these stand the test of time for you? You? So besides Brokeback and Crash, the only one that I'm like, oh yeah, is Munich. And that's only because we love Eric Bana on this show. I I wouldn't say besides broke back that any of these including crash is like still talked about much in the pop culture like broke back is referenced a lot people talk about it a lot people love it even crash like it's just not in the cultural conversation unless we're talking about whether or not it deserved best picture <laughs> so that's interesting <laughs> so yeah. a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about crash and i think we should get into those sure Let's start off with those positive reviews. See what everyone was raving about when this movie came out. All right. Peter Bradshaw with The Guardian said, Crash is very watchable and well-constructed piece of work and a potential script masterclass. But it's daringly supercharged fantasies of racial paranoia and humanistic redemption are not to be taken too seriously. Okay, okay. Um, I don't think the script is a masterclass. Um, uh, no. Um, Sister Rose Picotti of Sister Rose at the Movies. Is that a Crash. nun that goes to movies? It sure is. <laughs> oh my god. Do we just find a new favorite critic? <laughs> okay, so Sister Rose says, Crash is difficult to watch because of the moral chaos it portrays, but it is best film I have seen in a long time. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad someone, like, you know what? They enjoyed it. Good. And a um, nun. A nun, no less. <laughs> I like the moral chaos. That's an interesting way to put it. I think there's definitely, like, other movies that do a stronger, like, moral chaos with a message. Um, I would just say, like, chaos just a chaos. lot of just a lot of crashing into each other a lot of crashing chaos anthony quinn of independent uk instead of heartwarming messages about forgiveness it honors ambiguity and brings us close closer than is comfortable in fact to what americans today are really thinking about one another i mean i don't disagree with that I, th oh, yeah. I think that there's, of course, like a lot of like messages about prejudice and racism, but instead of addressing it like 
that's bad. You shouldn't do that. It's more so like holding a mirror up to people. Andrew Sun from Hollywood Reporter wrote, Enjoy the wonderful performances by a cast very committed to the cause. I think, yeah, I really like the cast. I think that despite whatever flaws Crash might have, I really do think, like, everyone acting-wise is doing a pretty wonderful job. And, like Andrew said, committed. Um, Even, like, Ludacris, who's, like, only acting I know is from, like, the Fast and Furious movies. Like, I think he's doing a good job. I think, like, everyone is He's one of the scene stealers. Yeah, I forgot how much he was in it. Chris Bridges. Chris Bridges. Chris Ludacris Um, Bridges. I don't think anyone that comes to mind that was like, yeah, you couldn't keep up with all these people. Like, I think everyone is really on par with each other. Some, Some actors are just given, like, more intense stuff to work with than others yeah like acting wise i think like they're all doing wonderful truly sidebar while we're talking about the cast i i had a realization that i was very excited about do you know the the little girl that plays michael pena's daughter do you know what else she's been in no she was she was jess in the happening She's a little girl in The Happening running around with Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg. You know what's even more exciting? The guy the the guy um doing a deal with the Asian man in the van. Yeah. Uh, is is Jin from Lost. I know. I picked up on that. I was like, "Oh my god." And I thought he was going to have like more of a char- like a, a character, but no, he was just kind of like a background actor in it. I remember noticing that in the theater and going, "Wait, what was that?" And then once I got on DVD, I was like, "Oh shit, it was him." Yeah. <laughs> Linda Cook of KWQC TV. Believe it or not, this is a lot like Who's Heffalump movie. It's just that demographic age of audience is vastly different. I mean, I kind of so, see it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I have not seen Who's Heffalump movie, so I, I really can't say how accurate that statement is or not. Isn't it like the Heffalump movie is like who is discriminating towards the Heffalump because he doesn't understand them, and then in the end he's like, actually they're not that bad. I'm just wrong. So, uh, if you're, I mean, I don't know. I never got into Who, so I, I don't know. All right, so it looks like we have our two favorites left. So, Hollywood's sassiest bitch loved Crash. Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times wrote, Haggis writes with such directness and such a good ear for everyday speech. No, he doesn't, Roger. That's a lie. That the characters (laughs) seem real. No, they don't. And plausible after only a few words. Roger, shut up. (laughs) You're, You're wrong. His cast is uniformly strong. The actors sidestep cliches and make their characters particular. Our favorite reviewer, our favorite critic. No man. No man of movie mom. The characters keep surprising themselves and each other for better and for worse, and they surprise us too. (laughs) What a wholesome outlook on Crash. Um I feel like because everything's in cliches, nothing really surprises me. Um, I expect them all to do the right thing by the end of the movie. And I feel like everyone starts off doing wrong things, but eventually everyone is, you know, oh, nothing changed about what I was doing, but now I feel differently. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, any of the characters surprised me. I mean, maybe themselves, I guess. But, like, yeah, everyone was on the trajectory of either, like, getting better morally or getting worse. Looking at you, Ryan Felipe's character. Because, oh. Um, it's yeah, not yet. Yeah. Not shocking where they start and where they end up. But who am I to disagree with now, you know? Yeah. All right, well, 
now that we've gotten all those positive reviews, what do people have to say negatively about this movie? Let's start shitting on a Best Picture winner. Oh, man. All right. Jonathan Romney with The Independent on Sunday wrote, If there's anything worse than a film with no point, it's one that's all point and nothing but. Ooh, uh, that's a lot to unpack because yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of like critically acclaimed movies have no point. Tiny furniture. Like, like that's their that's their thing. Yeah. Um wow. <laughs> wow, you're pointing fingers really hard. It's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> um it's in the criterion collection. Explain that. Nepotism. Man, I don't know. Does this one have nothing but point? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's all like prejudice is bad. Prejudice is bad. You're all prejudiced, like, and that's bad. It's insane that someone went into this movie, anyone went into this movie, and thinking, wait, me being prejudiced was not a good thing? <laughs> what? And then this movie changed their life, and they were like, you know what? I'm going to stop being so prejudiced. <laughs> I think it happened, though. I think there were some people that were like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, like, racist, but I'm not, like, maybe I shouldn't think poorly on people of color I mean they showed it to me at my white catholic school to be like see people of who aren't white are people too yeah but didn't you grow up in Indiana where yep. like sure did David Anson of Newsweek Haggis shows a lot of promise as a director his film is never dull but he needs to unlearn some of the bad lessons he picked up working in tv which demands that everything be neat symmetrical and underlined now i disagree hardly with that um i'm fine with all those things well i think it's funny because it's uh this movie came out in an era where tv was looked down upon it was not like the tv we have nowadays where it's like i think it was just the start i think it was just the start of tv getting great Right. Because when because we had lost at that point. We yeah. also were getting I assume Mad Men and Breaking Bad was right around the corner. And Desperate Housewives. Oh yeah. I forgot about that masterpiece. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it's really shady to be like, oh, this TV director trying to be a film director. Good try. That's cute. Like, goddamn. This so of the time. David Cornelius of eFilmCritic.com, obnoxious, hollow, and not at all as smart or important as it thinks it is. <laughs> the sass. Um, I kind of agree. I don't think it's as, well, nowadays. Nowadays, I don't think it's as important as it thought it was. All right. Stephanie Zachariak with salon.com said and so crash raises the question if racism is so pervasive in our society why do we need such an elaborately contrived plot to drive home the message in other words how many racists does it take to screw in the point like this is weird a lot of negative reviews are like stop telling me racism is bad like that's not a review on the movie. That's just like your own weird feelings. And I don't like it. I think if anyone complaining about that it it pushes that message to down our throat, the message needs to sink in a little bit more for you. Yeah, you need to take it in a little bit. All right. Well, that sums up all these bad reviews. So, yeah. Jessica, how did you feel the second time watching Crash? Um, I felt a lot of things. <laughs> A lot, okay. of, a lot of different emotions all across the gambit. Um, I was very, very curious to see how it holds up because, first of all, like before even going into this, like we said, this gets brought up and debated a lot of as to whether or not it deserves the best picture win. And that aside, um, I know in those discussions, a lot of the critique is it does not hold up in terms of storyline in terms of how it handles prejudice all that so i was very curious going into like see 
wow, well, back in the day, this was impactful for a lot of people. What is it like now? Um, and I was also like looking at it through that lens, but also looking at it through just like the criticism of a movie itself, not, a, not so much the message, um, because I think the message kind of overshadows the actual um, functions of a movie and whether or not this movie is actually like the top of its game. Um, so I was being pretty hypercritical this time around and just seeing like, why don't people like this? Why do people like this? And when which is just what's going on here? In the talking of the reviews, you know, there's a lot about the theme. Theme aside, I just don't think in terms of structure and care, like plot line, it's really that interesting. Um, I think some of the characters have a lot of interesting things going on. And I think those the actors and the performances help shape that. But I think there's just so much going on that only a few of those themes like rise and are actually good. I think there's a lot of things that really fall to the wayside and are just may maybe more gimmicky. Um, I also think, like we said, like, yes, these characters are stereotypes because they're trying to drive a message home of what like the prejudice is, is like and how you judge someone by stereotypes before you get to know them. But then it got to a point where it was like, okay, like, okay, this is like too much now. It feels like almost like um, how white people look at, look at people of color and through that lens, unless like, this is what it's like for people of color to experience those things. Like, so for instance, Pena's character, when we meet, the first time we meet him, he's installing a new security system in Sandra Bullock's house after she got carjacked. And she just kind of looks at him and like judges his vibe and look and all of a sudden freaks out and is like, we need to get another lock because this, and she literally calls him like a gangbanger is gonna come back and like, unlock our with door homies. with his homies with his homies <laughs> with his homies and gonna break into our house um and so that's a moment where it's like oh yikes so you're saying a white guy wouldn't do that like so that's a good moment of like okay that's fucked up girl but then we it's weird after sandy makes that comment the reason why it feels like, hey, that was bad, was because he goes home and he's like a family man and he has got a daughter and he's got a wife. And so it's like, okay, so, but let's say he didn't have those things. Would that make the comment okay? That's why I'm saying some of these like prejudicial things seem like how a white woman, a white person can justify whether a person of color is good or bad, not just like inherently who they are. It's like what they have in their life. It's like the movie is about race made for white people. And it's like, everyone's a little bit racist. It's not just whites, everyone is. And that message like could have been portrayed better in just, I don't know. Like, I don't like one thing with this message and then we don't have to keep harping on like the prejudice of message of it is that we show these instances that are bad and terrible and shitty, but we just kind of let them linger. And at times it's like, okay, I, I could see leaving it up to the audience to decide how to think about that. But then at times it's just like, okay, like that's fucked. Um, and one instance that really bothers me is back to Sandy, who is just all sorts of hateful and angry. She's a pissy little lady. She has, I guess this, I guess the message is supposed to be like, She's just angry, and so she takes her anger out on people of color. But when she falls down the stairs, her Hispanic housekeeper takes care of her, and so she learns that people of color are people too. And that just feels like, what the fuck kind of lesson is that? It's really weird. I don't, I didn't, I don't like that. It's it, it feels she, icky. What, when I watch this scene now, I think it was more of a realization that she realizes all of her white friends are just shitty to her, and, like, no one came to help. Nobody came to help me, like, 
the only person that stuck around was the maid. <laughs> you know, that sucks. Like, I probably should be nicer to people in general because uh, I might need anybody's help. Part of my issue with this theme of prejudice is that we focus a lot on the people with the prejudice and how, like, oh, I was bad, I thought this thing, rather than focusing on the people that the prejudice goes towards and how that fucks with them and affects them and ruins their lives. You know what I mean? It's really hard for me to articulate this, and I understand that I am, you know, just a fucking white woman who's just talking. I don't understand the intricacies of race and how it affects people of color. But I guess from this movie, one thing I would have liked more of is to see how the prejudice and racism affects those that it's aimed towards. So, for instance, we get that with Tandy. We we see how after Matt Dillon assaulted her and took advantage of her, probably because she was a woman of color and felt like he could get away with it, we see how that trauma affects her and how much it it really is ruining her her mental state so much so that she's willing to just die in a car wreck rather than have him help her um i think that that is a really compelling way to convey how much it affects her and i think i would have rather had that more because we get a lot of the side of like i the character am prejudiced and now i realize that's wrong and i think there could have just been a better message with that like a balance almost more of like i was prejudiced i put that towards someone and here's how it also affected them uh in the years following the release of crash director paul haggis admitted that his film did not deserve to win the academy award for best picture over the much more acclaimed and respected brokeback mountain i don't wow. like that it said respect <laughs> yeah yeah so much no shade. one respects crash <laughs> fuck that nonsense broke back or die <laughs> that's a very interesting player in the debate of which deserves to win that the director was like yeah you know what that one should have done it like oopsie we shouldn't have won like damn that's a heavy opinion so i want to talk about what you did like about this movie um, okay what did you think of the movie itself um so, so for me again i love movies with big cast and vignettes that intertwine string together in some way or fashion or form um with this movie in particular i think all these like vignettes come out really well yeah it has a really heavy-handed message uh with prejudice um we they could tighten it up i do like your idea of tightening it up in showing perspective of the person that the prejudice or racism is affecting, how it is affecting them. Um, because like everyone in, in this movie, there's not one person that is, I think, absent of some sort of prejudice. I mean, we could start off with any group of characters. I think uh, some highlights or some shining characters are, let me get the actors, because I, I only know everyone by the actors' names. I there's couldn't tell you any of the characters' no, names. No, there's all. like forty of them. I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, but Lorenz Tate and uh, Ludacris are probably the highlights of the movie. One thing that I totally forgot was just how much Ludacris was in this movie. Like I remember him being more so like a supporting character. Like he's just in it, kind of like, oh wow, look, a, a rapper's turned actor, awesome. Um, and then watching it now, I was like, whoa, he gets a lot of screen time. And I completely forgot that. And I think it's actually like looking at it now, it's just good. It's not like, like again, like kind of gimmicky, like, oh, a, a rapper turned actor. Like he's just, he's doing a good job. Out of all the stacked cast, like he does get a lot of screen time and he handles it really well. I really like the, the those two young guys and their their stories and one thing that i find interesting as well is at the end of the movie when he accidentally gets all these human trafficked people oh man that comes out of nowhere too. nowhere i remember that back in the day being like holy shit they were they they run over this old man 
uh, and then they decide to take, like, well, should we take him to the hospital? They drop him off. I think eventually when he's, he goes back to the van, I think just to sell the van, because he knows that van is something he could steal, and then finds out that there's humans in the back of it that were being trafficked. So the guy he ran over was trafficking humans. So what we thought was like a, oh, that poor old man probably deserved getting hit with the car. That yeah. Was karma. I do like that part because that really does pull the rug. Because I remember, like, I totally forgot that part. So when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucked. Bring him to the hospital. The guy who's repairing the car offers money to Ludacris. Like, I'll give you, I think it was like $400 a person. So I can can then human traffic. And Luda's like, absolutely not. No. And I think that's really interesting because we go throughout the whole movie. I'm never going to do this. Then I do it. And then I'm never going to do that. But I do that. And he, at the end, like, draws a line of, like, holy shit, I'm not doing that just to hustle money. Yeah. No. Well, I do drops, have, drops I, him I, off in the middle of, like, Koreatown. Have fun. Freeze <laughs> him. And then gives one of them money, like, here's dinner on me. Um, so I think that that's a really interesting but very subtle, like, like character growth moment of, like, okay, well, this is the line. I can't fucking sell people. No. I do wish she sort of like dropped them off at like a shelter though, because like they don't think I think they'd be lost, but whatever. Yeah, I would <laughs> have no fucking if you just dropped me off in the middle of anywhere in LA, I don't know what to do. Uh let's talk about Pena, because I just love Pena in this movie. Um, being like this sweet, like nice dad and stuff, like giving his daughter like a little talk under the bed about like protecting her, like, hey, we moved out of that shitty neighborhood because I want to do best for you. And, oh, like, you didn't know? I've got this, like, vest that protects me from everything. Um, which leads to later of her, like, uh, getting, like, trying to save him. Like, Daddy, I've got the vest. And jumping in front of, like, a bullet for him. Oh, that moment gets me every time. There's just waterworks every yeah, time. That move, that part, like, just kills me. It's It's very intense to watch. And it's very, like wholesome in a way that she doesn't know it's actually incredibly dark like she doesn't understand she's like literally putting herself in front of a gun for to save her dad she thinks it's like magic and yeah there's a moment where as soon as the gun goes off everyone thinks she just got shot when really like the gun didn't expel a bullet i don't know if we ever find out why it if it like yeah it's a reveal it's it's subtle but it's because there's a blank Oh, it's a blank. Okay. Did you oh, not notice the that? daughter. Well, no, I obviously knew she didn't get actually shot. But in like the I... gun store at the beginning, again, this is one of those moments. It's much easier to see uh, on a second viewing. I've seen a, I've seen this movie a handful of times. I know, I know what's up. Uh, <laughs> the daughter at the gun store when the dad was like, "I need a gun to protect my," gets too irate. The gunner, the guy was like, "Now get the fuck out of my shop." Um, the daughter was like, well, like, at least let me buy the gun, because he's gonna be upset, like, I'm gonna get the gun. Um, he's like, well, what bullets do you want? Like, if I'm gonna make this sale, we're gonna fucking sell you shit. I'll take those, that red box. Uh, which is revealed at the end, just seeing them, that they're blanks. Mm, And he's like, are you, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones I want. Because I know he's not going to hurt anyone with those. She didn't say that, but like that's that's her mo. Got it. Give me, give me those. And so, but like we don't get that reveal until after he's made the shot. Is like what the fuck? Like I should have killed at least one of them. Uh, and then he gets like a like a wave of spirituality of like what the fuck did I do? And like is sitting in his broken ass shop, just like shot her. Like what? And then the daughter is like, "Why don't you put that gun away?" Yeah. And then I take that. <laughs> when she puts it in, the, it's revealed that it's a uh, the box had the red box had said uh, oh. blanks. Oh, I missed that. Okay, I just thought um, it like jammed or something, but no, I like that way more. Okay. The daughter was like, mm, "I know you're gonna do something really stupid, Dad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them as blanks." Smart. Again. A lot of these actors' supporting roles, stealing every scene. Yeah. You know, just, like, fucking killing it. Um, so, I, I yeah, that whole storyline of 
him getting angry at Pena because again, fix the doors. I don't fix doors. <laughs> what do you need to call someone to do that? I think you're gonna cheat me. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> Just you need to know this. Yeah. And then his insurance denies him his claim because he was told to fix the door and he chose not to fix the door. Right. It came to bite him in the ass. Damn. Okay, I I do like all the Pena stuff. I like him. I think he's wonderful in this, and he yeah. has some like really interesting storylines here. Brought him to my attention. Yeah, I didn't know same. who he was. And no. Now he's one of my faves. Um, but after the whole daughter moment, the really yeah. powerful daughter moment, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is a, really the only se- this is the second time I've seen it. Um, then Pena's story just kind of stops, right? Like then it's like. I believe so. Yeah, okay. he he's once he and his daughter in safety of the house. I think they're kind of out of the picture. Yeah, that was their whole. I mean, he he doesn't need like an arc of story because like he was just trying to protect his daughter, and you know the cliches help tear our heartstrings when she jumps in front of him, and he's like just gut wrenched. Like yeah, no, like oh, you feel you feel so much. You feel all the pain he is just dealing with because he just assumes my daughter's done like what's what's really powerful about that moment too is that we see him screaming and in pain and terror same with her mother but it's silent and so you're almost just like sitting with it yourself and i think that that's a really powerful way rather than like hearing the audio of them screaming like no my daughter you see their reaction and you're sort of feeling it with them powerful way to convey the emotion rather than like hearing it you just we see also it. get like again music did just li- builds us up of the emotions um the daughter just like i protect you daddy and you're like wait that, what yes that's did he get first... shot? like and then and then it's revealed no one got shot and then we're all like scrambling like what the fuck and then well some of us notice that it says uh <laughs> blinks <laughs> Um, next character group. Uh, let's go. Terrence Howard and Tandy Newton. Um, uh, she's one of the, like again one of the highlights of this movie. Um, sh- they get pulled over. Um, uh, because she's giving him a blowjob while driving. Uh, which is uh against the law. That is illegal, and <laughs> yeah, illegal. they were they did have a right to get pulled over in that moment. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, he's he's a successful movie director i don't know if they ever state what she does i don't think they do in actress i don't know i don't don't, i don't quite remember what her role but anyway she's the wife of a famous director or i guess he's not famous but he's well-respected director in his field um but he's kind of a pushover and this is the moment in the movie where he's like you know what fuck this like uh, well, his his wife gets assaulted by a police officer, and he just, I think he knows as a black man, I just gotta fucking shut up and not do anything, um, because they might shoot me, you know. And she, he's like, "Fuck you! You didn't stand up for me." Oh, poor thing gets to have to relive Matt Dillon again. They're like, the person who has, I mean, it's a reveal of like, the person he's saving turns out to be her. But then, like, now, my thoughts are like, fuck, that poor thing. The person who saves her is her attacker? God. Uh, she. I don't know why she's not nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Seriously, she is incredible. And That's like, like th- this movie, like, she, again, I'm looking at the names. Nah, I would have put her on this. I'm really surprised she wasn't. Yeah, and I think Dylan, so Dylan was nominated. I think he was yeah. the only one to get his own solo acting nomination. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is her and him are really acting off each other in a way that is incredible to watch. First when he is like assaulting her and then when he's saving her, like the two of them, it's like wow, that that is like acting at its finest almost. It's so well done the emotions that they're all going through at the same time and they're doing it together. So it's, I think she should have been up there with him getting her own thing. It's kind of the end of both of their stories as well. Uh, I, I don't know if she's really like forgiven him, but at least at least she acknowledges like, 
thanks for saving me kind of because she's like crying in his arms he's trying to console her uh, he's kind of learning the error of his ways but like we don't see like a we as the audience don't get like a justice of like him going because like re- in reality we the audience kind of want him to like get fucking like arrested or go to jail himself or get his comeuppance from this because like god damn it it's it's fucking rough so one thing i will say that i don't love about the tandy and terrence howard storyline is that a lot of the focus about her assault is about how he feels about it yeah than how she feels about it he's yeah he's not very like i'm sorry that happened to you oh my yeah he's what was i supposed to do dude like yeah and then it also becomes about how he feels like not strong enough to have like stopped it or whatever like he's dealing with like i let this happen and it's like okay but like what about her though she's the one that this happened to and is going through like intense trauma like ooh, let's not make a they kind of just hug, they kind of just hug it out at the end like they had it like one day away from each other and they're like you know what i'm sorry we argued no, this is going to be something in their relationship going on forever now. Yeah, we should go to couples therapy and talk a little bit about this. <laughs> like, it's an intense Man. thing to go through. And I just, I think there could have been, of course, like how it affects like him. But also, let's focus a little bit more on how it affects her because she's the one that went through it, you know? All right. So let's, let's move on to another pair in this movie. There's a lot of pairs that like, venture off on their own adventures in this movie um ryan philippe and uh matt dylan of course uh philippe god i love mcgruber it's really hard watching this after <laughs> watching mcgruber at least a hundred times um yikes so the the di- these two are are really interesting because when the movie starts dylan is like rage fest bad guy who's taken his aggression out on people that he thinks he can because he has authority and Philippe is like this like young innocent cop who just wants to do the right thing and he is also a cop that doesn't know how to stand up to injustices so he sees Dylan fully assault Tandy and doesn't do anything in the moment but then goes to his superior and is like hey um I think I want a new partner. Like, yikes! Yeah, I can't um, be around this fucking racist piece of shit that's hara- that assaults women. I don't want to be a part of this. I want to shout out Keith David. Uh, that yeah. that man can never give a bad performance. He is always just a gem. He has like one scene in this movie, and he still like pops up. Like, he still is like at the forefront of my mind when I think about this cast. Like, that's how fucking good he is. I'm no. a fan of men with deep voices. I don't have a bad thing to say about that man. We have a club, and so uh, we get together once a month, and he's kind of our president. That's so nice. I'm glad you have, like, a support group for that. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is that we believe, as the audience, that Philippe is the good guy who could do no wrong. He's going to stand up for what's right. He's, he's at least trying to, like, get steps to, like, hey, we shouldn't be treating people like this. Oh, yeah, and he's the one that does one of the biggest bads of this movie. So bad. But <sighs> he also has a really interesting scene where, going back to Terrence Howard, yeah. he just has, like, a full-on, like, mental snap. Like, he is, like, at his wit's end, and he's losing his mind around cops, and Felipe does, like, the right thing where he's like, hey, like, let's de-escalate, which is like, yes, we love to see a cop doing de-escalation, thank you. So he helps him out. And so again, we're starting to think like, yeah, okay. He's like trying to do the right thing. He's the good cop to Dylan's bad cop. And then at the end, oh no, oh no, no. Philippe, you, you, oh, 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 uh, You know uh, what? I will, let's at least give him like one, uh, one little hand clap. We're like giving some guy a ride. He was like, hey, you're hitchhiking. It's cold. What's up, man? Yeah. Here's a seat. Really interesting about that, too, is at first, I like how they played with this. It was really subtle. I'm sure yeah. you noticed it because you noticed the blanks. Yeah. Um, before he, he gives this hitchhiker a ride, the shot we're seeing is of Dylan 
driving in the rain. And so for a second you think, oh, fuck, he's going to like fuck with this guy because he's a bad guy. And then actually the car that pulls up is Felipe. So you're like, oh, oh okay, this guy's going to be good then. The good cop's here, here to save the day. Lauren say who gets that like ride was like laughing like, oh, man, like we both had the fucking statue. Holy shit. But he doesn't say that, which <sighs> irritates me because all this could be avoided if he just fucking said it and not alluded to it and like was being like fucking just say it. This yeah, is why. Yeah. Not let me show you why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why that could have he... been clearer communication, definitely. Um, but yeah, he goes to goes into his pocket to pull out the little statue. Leaping a cop, draws his gun, and shoots him, thinking that's what's going on. It's sad. Yeah, it's really sad. He kills him, and then, like, just dumps fucking his dumps his body on the and side of the road. And then burns his own car. Burns the murder scene. So, you th- again, like, played with our expectations on him the whole time. We're thinking he's always about the right thing. And then when it's on him, he fucking, like, treats this guy that he killed as literal trash, throwing him out. And then, like, no justice for him. Because I'm going to hide from from my well, ass. We don't get a justice because the movie ends. Had right. this continued to, like, crash too. More crashing into <laughs> each other. We probably would have seen the outcome of these. One thing I do want to say about Dylan is sure. um, I, I think that while his character is horrific, he plays it so well. And I think was... Because, like... Uh, going into this movie i was also thinking like why was he the only one out of this huge ensemble that was nominated and as the movie kept going i kept seeing it more like okay yeah like he's playing this like horrifically racist and just awful shitty person in a way that's like yeah i kind of know someone like that like it's it's like he brings this weird level of humanity to the character where you're not like oh i understand why he sucks it's like yeah that's a human being with fucking issues i see it it doesn't excuse it but i see it um and i think like when you compare like what he's doing with his like angry racist character to like what sandra bullock is doing it's like oh yeah like this is a joke sandy like what the fuck is this all right so uh bad transition we should have been better with the philippe uh oh yeah tate (laughs) But Tate, turns out, um, going back to Cheadle, uh, is, big twist, his brother. I, did, I didn't see that coming. Um, it's still hard to piece it together because they never have a scene together. Cheadle's storyline is probably my least favorite Wow. in this movie. Really? I just think it's really, I, I really like Cheadle, Don Cheadle. I really like yeah. that actor. I just don't think he's given much in this movie. Um, everything, it, it, nothing is really about him as more so as everyone around him. Because, like, his mother is like, I want, you know, I'm looking out for your brother. Your brother, you can't find your brother. Poor guy is just, like, helping her out, and nobody gives a shit about him. See, I actually, like, really feel don Cheadle's storyline it's interesting though because it is sort of like its own thing like it it actually doesn't like fit into everything else happening in this movie in a way um but i think and maybe it's just because of him and he is so great but like there is something like deeply sad about the fact that like he is a detective he his job is to find answers and he just simply can't find the answer of like where's his brother like what's going on with him and it feels like where we're at in the movie he's already tried like he's tried to do yeah. what he can for his brother he's just sort of like deflated and depleted like, my, I, my I can't brother do is anymore. a criminal yeah is always going to be a criminal yeah i can't find him i can't bring him home i've been trying mom i'm sorry um and what kills me is when he finally does find him it's too late he's yeah. dead he he's the detective that gets called to his own murder scene storyline of his i'm not a huge fan of is like um brendan fraser's character is the da who's getting reelected or 
up for re-election? He or? wants like a publicity of like a photo op with someone who's black and like that's the bare minimum of what that person has to be cheetle to be that guy right yeah well okay. it, it's weird it's really weird so like when Ludacris carjacks frazier and sandy oh um, yeah they're they're gonna try to find this guy and brendan frazier is the da up for re-election or or he's about to run again whatever is has this like weird conversation with his pr team about how like him being carjacked by a black man is a bad look for him because now he has to go after the black man and so he wants to have like a pr moment where he's like see i like black people which is a kind of an interesting thing because it's like he doesn't really actually care he just is like doing it for the optics whatever um and they are having this scene him and his pr team again it's really boring where they're like trying to think of someone who's black that like works with them and they oh. can't they even like name he brendan frazier's like well what about like dave and they're like dave's not black he's he's like muslim like oh well he looks black that could work and it's like oh my god oh my uh. god um and then they land on cheeto because i guess they can't but like so so he just is wants to like have Cheadle be given an award do like a photo shoot for the optics Again, this to me is not like the drama that is all of the other scenes we've done yeah we could have so, like this yeah i feel like i hate to say it but Cheadle's part is just not interesting enough like give this guy more stuff to do he's done fucking Cheadle. he's done fucking um, Cheadle. Um, okay but i just going back to his brother dying yeah one thing that one thing that fucking kills me is that there's like one scene where Cheadle, who's still trying to take care of his mom he's trying to like do his best as like a son to like a, a really distraught mother he brings her groceries and she's passed out like she's like dead asleep she's been through so much this poor woman and he just like quietly walks in and like fills her like fridge with groceries and like walks Jeez. out and then when the brother dies and he has to tell his mom about it, she like fucking blames Cheadle and is like, I've been asking you to look for him. She says to Cheadle, did you know he came by the house? Like he brought me groceries, like no oh, matter yeah. what my baby was doing, he still cared about his mom. And that part just broke me. Like that, that moment, honestly, like is so sad because it's like Cheadle's trying his best in a horrible situation. And then just like isn't given like the appreciation by the mom and instead is like when he's like mom i'm gonna find who did this like i'm not gonna stop until i find it she's like i know who did it you did because you like gave up on him and it's like uh, uh so like that part really gets me I but would, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that like the rest of the Cheadle stuff is boring they definitely could have given him more it's, it's more interesting with the but again that's more the mom saying stuff that's tearing our hearts not really like giving Cheadle any like meat and potato like yeah that motherfucker can carry everything what do we do why are we wasting yeah him? let's give him more he can clearly fucking handle it hello hotel rwanda like hello but yeah uh, I, hello war machine uh, hello fuck. black monday but um hello oceans 11 i think he wants to be not associated with those movies why uh because he has a ridiculous accent oh, he's yeah. not credited in them you know that right no he has to be not credited yeah he's not that's interesting i did not know that um um hello he's <laughs> space jam 2 oh fuck how do we forget that um, um hello <laughs> captain planet um hello jay-z featuring beyonce part two on the run music video oh oh um hello though hello traffic god he's uh, in good shit he was in volcano he sure is god i just really like cheetle you know what's crazy is like he was nominated for hotel rwanda but he hasn't won an oscar and i think we need to talk about that more because that guy is but again talented if we're not giving him the roles he's not going to get the noms yeah okay i think we're gonna have to write a movie for don cheeto easy okay easy don we got you <laughs> anyway um, I mean, wow. the, the surprise is he wasn't nominated for space jam too uh, yeah he's the, the scene stealer you know why he has to narrate the wonder years because he broke his back fucking carrying space jam 2 <laughs> now he just has to sit in the booth and talk sorry okay 
Wow, this is this I think adds something to the the debate of if Crash deserved Best Picture because now we're just like fully forgot the movie and just talking about John Cheadle's full career. So anyway, Crash, I need to talk about the car stuff because. Okay, I'm just going to quickly list some of the things that I notated that involves cars throughout this movie. Okay, yeah. So we get a carjacking. We get multiple car crashes. That is like five like five in its own. Yeah. I don't know how many. We get cars on fire. We get cops pulling people over in cars. We Twice, get yeah. r- running over people with a car. We, yeah. get, we get a police yard that holds criminals' cars. Um, we get shooting in a car. We get slaves in a van. We get cars on cars and cars on cars doing other things, doing the car stuff, like, all throughout this movie. And my question is, maybe you could help un- me understand this, Joe. Like, sure. What what is this about? Like, what is this car- Why so many cars? What is this car? Not so much why so many cars, but sort of why so many cars. But, like, what is the motif with the cars? Like, what is this supposed to symbolize- what is this supposed to mean? Oh, I'll tell you exactly why. That's the first fucking line. Like, I've always thought that, but then when I'm paying attention this time around, Cheadle says it right at the fucking beginning. He rips that band-aid off. We miss that cut. Because he's talking about Los Angeles. Because Los Angeles is like a, definitely a city that is spread out. The only way to get other places, there's no like pub- public transportation is not great. Where it's like big cities like New York and Chicago, you get like running into people in the streets and stuff. But anyway, Cheadle says this about LA in general. We mi- we miss that touch, hiding behind metal and glass. We just need to crash into each other. And so that's where probably the title comes in and why there's so many cars because we don't ever like connect and interact with each other. Okay, because like you know, a lot of the negative critics were like, "It's too heavy-handed with the racism." Uh, yeah. I think okay. it's too heavy-handed with the car stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking get it. There are cars, and we drive them, and we do stuff okay. in them. Like, okay, we get it. Drive. <laughs> you know what? It's crazy they mention all that. There's not one shot, as I r- recall, that is like on the 405. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not one like, like bumper to bumper. We're all stuck in our I, little. I really wish bubble. there was like a minor traffic accident that escalates somehow. So I was thinking this while I was watching it. With all these vignettes and and all these characters, yeah. I think what could have been cooler, in my opinion, or maybe just more concise as to how all they like con- all they actually all connect with one another mm-hmm. and really drive home the point of like cars and the car motif of like we're in our own bubbles is if there the beginning was the car accident and the dead finding the dead brother but that created a like a line of cars waiting to move because that road is shut down and then we could see like all of our characters are either stuck in traffic or involved in the car accident or you know what i mean like i think that could have been a little bit more interesting than like ha- like actually showing us in these like physical bubbles rather okay. than um yeah there's a car crash and like oh we're stuck in our own bubbles and here's a car on fire and here's a car yard and here's us running over someone with a car it's like i get it cars are, are around a lot i get it so what did you think about crash did crash deserve a second chance i am gonna say no i think that the messages that it's trying to convey aren't as strong as maybe they once were when it first came out. I think that there are some really good performances in this. Um, I don't think any of the actors are doing anything wrong here, but I think that the material they're given isn't like their best work. I think maybe you can make an exception for like Dylan maybe. I would say while the actors are amazing, there's other movies that are even better for their work. Um, I think in terms of like movie wise, it's just like mediocre. It's just fine. You know, it's not great. Um, it has, in my opinion, more flaws than good things working for it. So I don't think it was, I, I don't think it stands up well over time. I don't think 
it's that good and i don't i think that there's a reason why there's such a heated debate over this movie um so i say no don't don't worry about it don't watch it so i do think that this deserves a second chance i think everyone is really fucking harsh when it comes to like rating this movie and just like I don't know. I, I set my brain aside of like the... I, I don't get the message pounded into me. I just like watching all like the sequences, the drama, the dialogue between the characters, just like interaction between the two. The acting is just fun. Uh, everybody, the whole thing just flows well and I think whenever emotions it's trying to like bring out in me, it accomplishes it every time. Uh, every time I watch this movie, I get choked up, tears with Pena's daughter jumping in and protecting him and getting shot. Um, I just get like the nervousness, the anxiousness, the anxiety runs through when Dylan is trying to save uh, Tandy from a burning car and her like having to like the stress of like, I'm going to die in my attacker. Oh, just all that is just just gives me chills think that the pieces that you do like are things that i don't like um and i think again like i find it to be mediocre um and not i could say that about a lot of best picture winners oh oh for sure yeah i think yeah to me in my eyes a best picture is something that like defines the year it defines like uh just our society at that moment uh, there are other movies i think deserve like best picture that not even nominated i think you're totally totally right there's like no arguing that that a lot of times the best picture winner isn't like actually what represents the year or it's gonna have a legacy i think like the only like recent one that i can point to where i'm like okay yeah that works is parasite like i think that's the only one where the best picture win holds up with like how we felt about it as a as a society. Oh, Parasite's just fucking good, it's guys. Fucking good I know too. we talked a lot about Crash, but yeah, if you haven't seen Parasite, go, go watch. And, and Crash, you know what? Don't judge it so harshly. You, maybe you can watch it after Parasite. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Second Chance Movies. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. We want to know what you think. Do you like Crash? Do you like Brokeback? Do you like Neither? What was your favorite movie of whatever year Crash came out? Did you like Good Night and Good Luck? <laughs> How'd you feel about Capote? Do you love Eric Bana as much as us? We want to know. Let us know. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, TikTok. Everything is linked down below in the show notes. We are wherever you listen to podcasts, and we are also on YouTube if you want a visual of our faces talking. A big thank you, as always, to Beatty McBeatface for making our dope theme song. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another Second Chance movie, and it's going to be Brokeback. Nice. Nice. Um, so Crash 2, Crash Harder. Crash Harder. Do we bring every character back or just some of them? just bring some back we don't need sandy again we definitely don't need sandy we don't need sandy let's bring cheeto back and he's on the hunt for his brother's killer so we need philippe back oh oh yeah he's gonna find that philippe did it and and it's gonna culminate in a big car chase where he's trying to arrest philippe and it's gonna be a big car chase we need cars crash into things we're gonna set things on fire it's gonna be car 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 crash 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 that's As, where we crash harder. I don't know what Ludacris would be up to. I don't know. Let's bring him back. Maybe maybe he becomes like a social worker. Like the human trafficking stuff really fucked with him. Let's have Terrence Howard. Well, we're probably not going to get Terrence Howard back. No, he, uh, wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. He would not be cast in our movie. Tandy, she's coming back. Even if she just like. She got a does, divorce from that guy. Yeah, she left his ass because he they made her assault it. about him. Yeah, she's like. Maybe she starts dating somebody and I don't know who she would date. Cheetle. Um, you know what? Yeah, let's have those two be dating. Yeah. Oh man, because if he find if they both find out that they're connected to Felipe, oh man. Ooh, ah! yeah. Taking his ass uh, down. 
Dylan, Dylan will be on trial for something unrelated to this. Because mm-hmm. um, he was at it again. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, he would definitely be like the police officer on trial. Oh, yeah. I think let's bring Brendan Fraser back. He's divorced Sandy because she's just like too angry. No, we can't have two divorces in the movie. That's true. Okay, well then let's just like bring him back and we just don't I, talk I, about Sandy. I wouldn't bring him back. Uh, he can have the he can be one of those guys that gets one scene as okay. the DA. Yeah. Who's who's on trial or he's yeah prosecuting Matt prosecuting Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. We're giving him more to work with here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do, are we making this a comedy or are we making it a drama? Uh, it can be dramatic with some comedic moments. Okay. Can Loretta Devine have a bigger role? Ooh, I would. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let's get if her she, back. If she, yeah, if she wants it, let's have it. Let's give it to her. Yeah. All right. I think. I think we're we're doing this. This is gonna be the thing that gets Cheeto's Oscar. It's Crash Two. Crash Harder. Yeah, I think yeah. What well, what else would Cheeto be doing? What what are he and Tandy doing in the movie? Like they're together, are they raising like a kid? No, they're too busy. They're private investigators because Cheeto's realized like the whole system's way too corrupt, and he's got to find his like brother. And she's like, I'm fighting crime too now because I was a victim of this corrupt system. Is it happening like the next week, or is it happening? 20 years mm, later let's give it a few years yeah and he still hasn't found his killer oh that's well philippe philippe co- is a cop he knows how to cover his ass you know oh, yeah. i don't know if there'd be dna i mean maybe you know i don't know well that's the right you, know who, we, you know who we get back we get uh oh, fuck. we get daniel day kim back okay yeah yeah we, find and we elaborate ass. more on his like trafficking <gasps> that's what luda could be doing he could be like working for a nonprofit that like stops human trafficking and he hunts his ass down like just hunting chasing crashing driving all that crash to crash harder oh we'll have uh ludicrous driving some more yeah he doesn't do enough of that in the fast and furious franchise (laughs) i think we did it i think we've made a really good sequel idea here so hollywood we're ready we did it crash harder coming to a theater near you in a few years Second chance move